Would you like to retire with enough? My name is Peter Guidry, and I am the host of the Retiring with Enough podcast. Today we'll be talking about avoiding a Category 5 financial hurricane. When I was growing up, just the mention of a hurricane was a scary thing. In my lifetime, I've experienced 13 Category 1 hurricanes, 4 Category 2, 7 Category 3, and 4 Category 4 hurricanes. When you live along the southern coast of the United States, it's vitally important to know and understand the category and the status of any hurricane approaching the coastline. A Category 5 hurricane is the most powerful and potentially destructive type. Thank goodness I've never experienced or had to live through a Category 5 hurricane. But the following information is Category 5 financial information. It is powerful information and misunderstanding or disregarding this information could be very destructive to your financial well-being. If you haven't listened to Foundations of Retirement, The Three-Legged Stool, Having a Plan, Planning Enemy, Temporal Discounting, What's Your Number, What's Your Net Worth, and Annual Spending, now would be a great time to catch up. Because understanding the information provided in the previous podcast will provide the foundation for this podcast. It's also important to understand that no one, even the financial advisor that may be working with you, will provide a precise retirement date, precise budget, or a permanent plan of record. Your financial advisor will provide you with a plan of record and guidance with the implicit understanding that his recommendations are guidelines only and the plan must be reviewed and updated over time. Your financial advisor's primary function is not to direct or dictate actions, but to assist in the decision-making process, provide necessary information, and provide guidance in a format that is easily understood. Financial advisors help the client with the decisions that the client must make. The decision-making process is the same, whether you've engaged a financial advisor or you've chosen to create your own plan of record. You'll always be the captain of your ship. There are many people in both camps, with many becoming clients of financial advisors, and many, many people personally creating their retirement plan of records. If you have followed along with the previous podcast, you'll have a basic understanding of the major pieces of the retirement equation. That doesn't mean that it's an easy concept to master. There are several pieces to this equation, and the pieces are always in motion. For example, tomorrow you're going to be a day older. Next year, your salary may go up or down. Your net worth can change daily with stock market gyrations. Your spending is always fluid. You don't spend the same amount each day, each month, or each year. It's a process of continually attempting to hit a target that is in constant motion. For several weeks, I've been trying to think of an example that would illustrate this in a way that's a little easier to understand. So here goes. When you're using mapping technology on your phone, that mapping technology is the equivalent to having a plan. Your mapping technology will create a plan or a route to get you from where you are to where you want to go, your destination. When planning for retirement, you want to get from where you are now to the destination called financial independence and eventually towards retirement. On your map, 
the blue dot is equivalent to your current net worth. The dot tells you where you are currently. Your net worth also gives you your current position financially. Just like the dot that shows you your current position on the map, net worth is also important because it shows you your current financial position. But just like the blue dot, it doesn't indicate where you're going, how fast you're going, and when you're going to arrive at your destination. Net worth does become more valuable as it is periodically updated, just like the blue dot on your map will give you a sense of your progress as your trip or your plan progresses. When you enter the address of your final destination on the mapping technology, it'll tell you the number of miles and the estimated time of arrival at your destination. In financial planning, this is equivalent to what's your number. The number of miles and the estimated time of arrival are a time and a numerical approximation of the instruments needed to get you to your destination or financial independence. There are also drop-down boxes that indicate speed and direction of travel. In retirement planning, these equate to current annual spending. These instruments correlate how fast you are moving towards your destination and how much energy is expended. So if all the information gathered from the map is fully utilized, one can determine the present location, where they're going, when they'll arrive, and how fast they are moving towards their destination. But it's important to remember that the map doesn't program itself. Two steps must be completed before benefiting from the map technology. The needed information must be identified, which in this case is your address and location, and the information must be correctly entered and interpreted. But what happens if you slow down, or if you get off course? Stopping your vehicle will also change the time of arrival and the average speed. Any change in the map parameters or any change in your plan will affect the journey and the time of arrival. Changes to your financial journey will affect your arrival at your final destination, which for you is financial independence. So hopefully the example above of using a map and correlating the map with these financial pieces has given you a better understanding of how all these things work in concert. And now we're going to look at how these pieces fit together in our financial map, our plan. Net worth represents the financial position, how much we have, at a given point in time. As net worth is updated periodically, it indicates movement in a positive direction towards financial independence or a negative direction towards increased debt. In our example, I guess that would be like putting in your car in reverse and backing up, and nobody really wants to do that. Most financial planners indicate that net worth should equal 25 times annual income. If you earn $100,000 per year, your net worth should be $2.5 million. Many financial planners currently feel net worth should equal 33 times annual income. In this example, the net worth would need to be $3.3 million. All of these assumptions are based on what is called the 4% rule. Investopedia states the concept of the 4% rule is attributed to Bill Bingham, a financial advisor in Southern California who created it in the mid-1990s, and he has since complained that it has been oversimplified by many of its adherents. For example, 
If your portfolio totals $1 million, you would withdraw 40000 in your first retirement year. If the annual cost of living rises 2%, then the withdrawal would increase by 2% the following year, withdrawing 40800 and so on for the next 30 years. But not everyone is in total agreement with the 4% rule. According to Charles Schwab, it's a rigid rule. The 4% rule assumes you increase your spending every year by the rate of inflation, not on how your portfolio has performed, which can be a challenge for some investors. It also assumes that you never have years where you spend more or less than the inf inflation increase. This isn't how most people spend during retirement. It also applies to specific portfolio compositions. The rule applies to a hypothetical portfolio invested in 50% stocks and 50% bonds. Your actual portfolio composition may differ and you may change your investments over time during your retirement. It uses historical market returns. Analysis by Charles Schwab Investment Advisory Incorporated, CSIA, projects that market returns for stocks and bonds over the next decade are likely to be below historical averages. Using historical market returns to calculate a sustainable withdrawal rate could result in a withdrawal rate that is too high. The 4% rule also assumes a 30-year time horizon. Depending on your age, 30 years may not be needed or likely. According to Social Security Administration estimates, the average remaining life expectancy of people turning 65 today is less than 30 years. The Schwab article also stated that the 4% rule includes a very high level of confidence that your portfolio will last for 30 years. The rule uses a very high likelihood, close to 100% in historical scenarios, that the portfolio would have lasted for 30 years. The 4% rule doesn't include taxes or investment fees. The rule guides how much to withdraw from your portfolio each year and assumes that taxes or fees, if any, are an expense that you pay out of the money withdrawn. If you withdraw 40000 and have $5,000 in taxes and fees at year end, that's paid from the $40,000 that you withdraw. Projected annual spending is the next big category, and projected annual spending is usually represented as some percentage of your current annual spending. While the 70 to 80 percent rule is a good starting point, the actual percentage can vary considerably depending on individual circumstances. A study of actual retirement costs found that spending in retirement ranges from 54 to 87 percent. The financial planning community understands that lower pre-retirement annual income means a greater percentage of pre-retirement income will be necessary during retirement. For example, someone with a pre-retirement income of $300,000 needs only 60% of that amount to generate $180,000 in retirement income, while someone with a pre-retirement income of $80,000 needs almost 90% of their pre-retirement income if they want annual spending of $72,000. So while someone with a pre-retirement income of $300,000 needs only 60% of that amount, someone with a pre-retirement income of $80,000 is going to need to replace 90% of that amount. Social Security benefits reduce the amount of money needed in, in retirement. If Social Security benefits equal $2,000 a month, 
then $2,000 less is needed from retirement funds. When claiming Social Security benefits before full retirement age, benefits are reduced based on the amount of time before full retirement age. Delaying Social Security claiming past full retirement age increases benefits until age 70. Aged retirement, health, and longevity also factor into the retirement equation. An increase in retirement age means fewer years of retirement will need funding. Someone who retires at age 70 will generally have a shorter lifespan than someone who retires at age 50. Health and longevity go hand in hand. Someone who is healthy and has a positive family history should expect to live longer than someone in poor health or exhibiting a family history of short lifespans. Fidelity states, expect 15% of your living expenses to be related to health care expenses after you retire year-end and year-out. Lifestyle will also affect retirement spending. Someone who anticipates increased travel and lifestyle expenditures in requirement will need to replace a higher percentage of current annual spending. An article from Fidelity states, if you plan an active lifestyle in retirement, expect to ratchet up your annual retirement budget by six percentage points compared with a less active lifestyle. If you work part-time, it has much the same effect as receiving Social Security benefits. If you work part-time and your monthly income is $1,000, then $1,000 less is needed from retirement funds. The more earned income, the less you have to withdraw from available retirement funds. But for many people, the problem with part-time work is that it's still working. So now I'm going to try and put all these numbers together to create an illustration that will help you to understand how they all work together to create your master plan. If you have a written plan, you should have some basis for a retirement lifestyle and spending. If you're like me and you tend to be more of a visual learner, then you may want to look up this illustration on the Retiring with Enough blog site where it's all in written form. In our illustration, you want to take your current annual spending and you're going to use that as a guide for retirement spending. If you want to be conservative, then you estimate replacing a higher percentage of pre-retirement spending. So let's think about this for a minute. If you have a $100,000 retirement budget, then using an 85% replacement rate would provide $85,000 in retirement annual spending. If you were to use a 60% replacement rate, then your annual spending budget would only be $60,000. Using a higher replacement rate will give you a higher level of retirement spending. So in this particular example, we'll use an 85% replacement rate, which for someone with $100,000 of current annual spending would generate approximately $85,000 in retirement income. So if our retirement income is going to be $85,000, then net worth should equal 85,000 times 33 or approximately $2.8 million. If you want to reverse this, then withdrawing 3% of $2.8 million will equal $84,000. If Social Security benefits are estimated at $2,000 per month, the savings from annual retirement fund withdrawals would be $24,000, $2,000 per month times 12 months. So now instead of $85,000 needed, the annual number would be reduced to approximately $60,000.
This reduces the net worth number to under $2 million. If you replace 70% of current annual spending instead of 85% of current annual spending, this would reduce the net worth needed after deducting Social Security benefits to a little over $1.5 million. So if we look at our written plan, we would have a retirement income of $85,000, which is 85% of a current annual spending of $100,000. We would deduct from that $85,000 $24,000, which would represent $2,000 per month of Social Security benefits times 12 months, and to that we could add any income from part-time work. If a person is earning $1,000 a month, then we would deduct $12,000 annually, which is $1,000 per month times 12 months. So if we go back to our equation, starting with a, an amount of $85,000, which is 85% of a current annual spending of 100000 we deduct 24000 for Social Security benefits and $12,000 of earned income from part-time work, we come up with a number of $49,000. This would become the number that would need to be funded with retirement funds. This number would be changed by different percentages of current annual spending, actual Social Security benefits, and by any other income sources such as rental income or pension income. These would be added or subtracted accordingly. This number would also be increased or decreased depending on health, longevity, and lifestyle spending. Remember, the direct reduction of retirement funds needed when earned income from part-time work is present is omitted when a person is fully retired with no earned income. Completing the example above would be the computation of the amount of money needed, the net worth, to fund the retirement income not provided by other sources. Using a multiplier of 25 would equal a net worth of $1.225 million. 4% of $1.225 million equals $49,000. Using a multiplier of 33 would equal a net worth of $1.617 million, and taking 3% of $1.617 million would equal $48,510. So we look at our initial net worth that we said would need to be $2.8 million, and we've brought it down to $1.6 million. A more aggressive investor may feel comfortable with a net worth of $1.225 million and a 4% annual withdrawal rate, while a more conservative investor may feel more comfortable with a net worth of $1.617 million and a 3% annual withdrawal rate. If the aggressive investor has a net worth greater than $1.225 million, then he is considered to be financially independent. This means that this person could quit work tomorrow. The same could be said for the conservative investor with a net worth more than $1.6 million. In these particular examples, net worths that are less than these amounts would indicate that there are not enough financial reserves or retirement funds available to support a 30-year retirement. These individuals would need to find other income sources, work in retirement, live on less income, or work for a long period of time, or save more to increase net worth. There are endless variations to the equation, and multiple solutions can be derived. 
Some solutions are less desirable than others, but are still viable solutions. Finding out at 58 years old that you need to work three more years is infinitely better than finding out at 89 that in one year you'll have no more money with no way to increase your retirement funds. Even with the amount of detail in the above examples, it should be obvious that different retirement numbers can be derived depending on how different factors are manipulated. It's not one size fits all, nor is it precise to a high degree of predictability. However, working with these numbers and making different assumptions will help you to narrow the focus and isolate a more precise retirement number. So now it's time to gather the retirement plan that you've created, your net worth, your current annual spending number, a calculator, pencils, and paper. And I want you to spend some time going through all the different facets of your retirement plan and try different numbers, different percentages, variations, and values. There are also online retirement calculators that may be beneficial with this part of the process. But either way, doing this exercise will give you a greater appreciation for your current financial position and multiple possibilities for a brighter future. It should also help you to avoid any Category 5 financial hurricanes. If you're enjoying the podcast, please feel free to leave a review. And if you want to partake in an online conversation, be sure to search for the Retiring with Enough group on Facebook. Thanks. The information and opinions contained on this podcast are for general education and are considered general communications. Information on the podcast was obtained from various sources, and Retiring with Enough does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information presented. Retiring with Enough strongly recommends that you perform your own independent research and or speak with a qualified investment professional, legal advisor, or tax professional before making any financial decisions. The information and opinions expressed should not be construed as financial planning and does not consider the economic status or risk profile of any specific person, nor does it constitute an offer to buy or sell securities.